Welcome to The Lisa Show. Hey, we should be having this conversation over lunch. couldn't have a financial advisor here and not ask, you know, it's one thing to be fiscally responsible and learn how to use money to serve us instead of us serving it. But it's another thing to really practice it. Um, As you are trying to teach others and certainly your own family, like good foundational financial practices, what are the main um, like values that you focus on? So, I love this idea of how finances relate to self-care, right? I think it's such a great concept, a great area to discuss. And to me, like my daughter, who's 19, she is, for the most part, fiscally responsible. But she has a couple of areas where she will absolutely splurge. And she just needs to be self-aware of that and, you know, recognize. But she's very much a saver very uh, sort of financially mature that way. But so for her, it's kind of twofold. And I think this applies to a lot of people. So again, a lot of self-care things that we might do, number one, have a financial cost associated with them. So on the one hand, we don't want to deny ourselves of all those things just for the purpose of building up a bank account. That's mm-hmm. Again, that's not the purpose of money. Just serving the money. Yeah, exactly right. But we also need to be aware enough that we're not focusing so much on whatever it is, self-care or to, to such an extreme that we lose the financial balance. Maybe we feel really balanced in terms of whatever we're, you know, spending money on, but down the road, there's going to, you know, potentially be a problem. And so with my daughter, for example, shoes is kind of what I'm thinking of as far as, you know, (laughs) she'll spend you know, not that she has tons and tons of shoes, but she'll spend some money on shoes because they're important to her. So we've had this conversation about just making sure that, number one, you're doing that after you've taken care of first things first, right? We need to make sure that we're putting money into savings, that we have sufficient, you know, for our needs, not just in terms of paycheck to paycheck, but that we're building some sort of nest egg or some, you know, sort of safety net at least. And then at that point saying, okay, you know what? I've taken care of first things first. And within the amount of money that I'm making, this is something that's important enough to me. And it does contribute to my self-care that I'm going to go ahead and, and do that. But the, to me, the, um, the principles that I guess I'm trying to balance would be number one, take care of first things first. Number two, start early. And it does not have to be overwhelming. It does not have to be significant. We talk a lot about the smartest thing you can do, number one, is to start early, but then automate it. Like get something set up that just happens automatically. And oftentimes if we break it down into weekly amounts instead of monthly amounts, it's much more doable. Oh, that's interesting. You know, if I'm putting $25 a week away, that feels less cumbersome maybe than $100 a month for a 19-year-old, right? And yet it's the same thing. It's just not seeing a whole $100 go out of her account all at once when she might not have been planning for that or prepared for it or remembering it. So start early, um, automate 
things. And then what we'll say often is uh, make sure that you're doing a, maybe every six months, like I'll say New Year's and 4th of July, just because they're kind of in the halfway, you know, beginning and halfway point of the year. Just take a look at what you're doing and increase it every single time, even if it's by like a penny, right? I, I don't say a penny. I usually say a, a dollar. But I'll tell my daughter, even if you can only increase it by a dollar a week, just do that because then what you're doing is you're creating the um, identity that I'm someone who not only saves, but I am increasing my savings. Sometimes when she's doing that, she might be able to bump it up by 5 or $10 a week, you know, depending on her financial situation. Sometimes it might be just a single dollar or whatever, but it's still like, let's not break that chain. Let's keep doing that. So those principles are really helpful because then those will establish, put her on a financial footing at some point down the road where she can then be a little more liberal with how she uses her money to provide the balance she wants or the experiences that she wants. So to some degree, you know, I know maybe there are people who are, are in such a tight spot that they really don't feel like they can do anything. But even in that scenario, I would say creating the habit. Okay, so you can put away $1 a week. Yeah, you know? it's still a dollar more than you were yeah. doing before. And it's not so, the importance isn't so much the, the amount, it's the habit and the activity, right? And that starts to change your identity of yourself. And as, you, as your identity changes in your own mind, suddenly all sorts of possibilities open up. It doesn't happen overnight, obviously. But as you prove to yourself that I'm the type of person, you know, that gets up and exercises in the morning, well, that's going to become your identity and that's going to really affect your long-term health. Same with financial health. I'm the type of person that saves consistently and I increase it, you know, twice every single year sort of a thing. So just really simple principles like that, particularly, you know, at a younger age, but really at any age, I think can really have a long or a big impact in the long run. Well said. If you had a lot of money just to splurge on something, what would you use it for? You know, for me, and maybe I'm not the best person to ask this question to because I'm constantly looking at investments. And so yeah. for me, that's like, honestly, to me, the the first thought that comes into my head would be to do something that is perpetual, something that I can invest in that then spins off a cash okay, flow. Okay, that's really interesting. That then allows me to... Kind of like the idea of, you know, one of your three wishes for the genie should be an infinite number of right. wishes, right? yes. So the idea of if I had some really significant amount of money, to me it would be saying, okay, let's set this up in a way to where we have this thing, um, it's called the core quadrants, whatever. Anyway, a quadrant four asset to us is an asset that both appreciates in value and spins off a cash flow. So that's what I would look for. And then instead of worrying about how would I spend that lump sum amount, uh -huh. my thought would be what now do I do with the income stream that's going to be repeating and perpetual, you know, forever. And it would be kind of the same idea. It wouldn't be so much out of consuming. It'd be, okay, what can we do to better ourselves or improve our situation? So I don't know. 
I didn't think that there was a right or wrong answer, but I think that's the right answer. <laughs> I actually think that's the correct answer. Oh, that's funny. How we should all answer. That was really great. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> Check. Check. Gold star. You did it. <laughs> Is there anything that we haven't talked about surrounding finances and self-care that you want to add? Uh, no. Well, the only thing I would say, and I kind of referenced it earlier, um, there are certain habits that we form in life that really are sort of cornerstone habits that impact so much more than just that one little area of our life. And And exercise is a good example of that, right? People who tend to be really good with exercising tend to see the benefits of that spill over into other areas of their life. And finance to me would be one of those cornerstone areas. If we're doing the things that we need to do financially, it will spill over into our relationships. Because if I'm financially stressed, again, I'm not a pleasant person to be around. Um, My wife's probably not feeling really loved and cared for because I'm so turned inward. So to me, the uh, importance of making sure that we're in a good financial situation or, you know, the best that we can be, right? To me, I think that's helpful because if we're feeling, even if we're not there yet, but we feel confident that we're heading in the right direction, then that suddenly frees up emotional and mental capacity, not just to be used on ourselves, you know, for self-care, which is really, really important, but also will impact how we treat our spouses and our children and the neighbors, it, it, it's a really big deal. So to me, I think this idea, exploring this idea of how finances impact self-care, when you first mentioned that to me, it just really resonated as such an important topic. So I'm really grateful that you're doing stuff like this. It's awesome. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I just feel like there is this connection and it's really important. And it's and I love that you didn't mention a specific dollar amount. Like you'll be happy when, as long as you can make this. There's not a formula, but even if you're not there with your financial goals or feel like, you know, you're making enough money, whatever that means, and that means something different to everyone, that you can still go forward with that confidence. And that does change. And that's a way to to take care of yourself and your loved ones. Yeah, well said. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. It's hosted by Lisa Valentine Clark and produced by McKay Menden and Becca Hurley with help from Michael Combs, Tabitha Freitas, and Kaya Dibb with music and post-production by Sam Clausen. If you like the show, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you for listening to The Lisa Show.